Hey everybody, welcome back to the Lugged Dog Podcast. This is your host, Elias Roush. This podcast is sponsored by EliasRoushMedia.com, photo, video, digital media production. Today we are discussing Season 5, Season Finale of Better Call Saul. And I'll just say straight off, off the top, there's probably about a bajillion podcasts that have to do with Better Call Saul, so... I'm going to try to keep mine relatively condensed. It's probably not going to be nearly as detailed, but I'll also give a couple of recommendations if you do want podcasts that are a little bit more detailed and have a, a little bit more thorough eye on it. Um, so, yeah. I'll give the recommendation to those podcasts at the end of this review. So, Season 5 of Better Call Saul. It's the semi-season series finale um, we've only got one more Better Call Saul season, season six. So I thought it would be important to at least cover this, um, you know, very final episode at least just a little bit and maybe talk about our opinions of Better Call Saul as uh, a show as a whole. Obviously, this is going to contain spoilers from Breaking Bad. It's going to have spoilers from everything for the first uh, five seasons of Better Call Saul. Um, but if you have not seen all that, just real quick, Breaking Bad is absolutely a, a television show you need to go back and watch just for the sake of the uh, cultural relevance of it. I mean, um, it's created, uh, you know, iconic uh, actors and uh, iconic uh, stars and symbols and sayings, and it's one of those relevant shows that don't come along you know but maybe once every 10 years if that and so um yeah it's that it's that big of a, a show so go back and watch uh breaking bad go back and watch the last five seasons of better call saul and then join us and you'll be enlightened on our review so uh you know not too much homework right but just in case you have seen all that um for the rest of you all that are still here Yes, I am constantly blown away by the uh, the cinematography, the direction, the acting, uh, you know, the music, all of the technicals that make this um, uh, show what it is, is absolutely hits on, uh, you know, 10 out of 10, pins and needles, always has me out of my chair, always hype. It's one of those shows that I I enjoy rewatching just because I see something new every time and it's kind of a new experience depending on you know how you're watching it. Like I love watching on the biggest real estate, loudest you know, best sound system that you can. I wish I could watch the entire series in a theater. Honestly, it's just it's it is that cinematic of a property, um, with the exception of you know the 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 clear act breaks, um, but yes, um. The majority of Better Call Saul, the series, has been focused on Jimmy and Jimmy turning into the character of Saul. <clears throat> Saul being the eventual lawyer for, you know, Walter's Breaking Bad, uh, you know, Heisenberg. Um, but the difference in the two uh, series, real quick, is Breaking Bad is much more focused on, uh, you know, obviously Walter White and it's... I think it's much more story-based, and obviously we have uh, Aaron Paul in there as well, and uh, 
the thing about Breaking Bad, it's way more uh, story-centric and story-focused. Better Call Saul is a prequel that is happening all before that, but it is way more character-centric. And so being that it's character-centric, the story progresses at a lot slower of a pace, obviously, because we've gone through, uh, you know, we've gone through five series of, uh, or five seasons of um, Better Call Saul. And it's relatively what I would call a slow burn. Um, most people going from Breaking Bad to Better Call Saul found it somewhat jarring just in the pacing and the storytelling. But I think that in a way that Breaking Bad is kind of like, you know, you know, a delicious meal, but you get it in about 30 minutes. Or you can make it in about 30 minutes. Not that they did. Um, but Better Call Saul feels like that stew or that pot that is just constantly cooking and adding these small little ingredients and adding little things that have relevancy uh even up to the first episode with Tuco um and all of everything that has happened has uh been shown and it's sort of showed and foreshadowed up to the beginning of Better Call Saul and even seeping into Breaking Bad because that's obviously in the future. But um, yeah, it's been fascinating to see the uh, progression of all of these characters. So given that Better Call Saul is uh, way more character-centric and character-focused, we are focusing mainly on Jimmy and the people that he is um, kind of coming into you know day-to-day. -day. And obviously we got Mike Ehrmantraut from Breaking Bad. I'm not going to get all these details 100% correct, so just, you know, forgive me off the top of the head, you know, don't don't scold me too hard in the comments because it's uh, relatively one of my first uh, podcasts with this, um, with this topic, so it's, it's a lot to cram in there, pack in there. But yes, all of the acting, uh, um, you know, the men, the women, the casting is phenomenal. I love the supporting cast of Breaking Bad. So given that we're seeing the people that Jimmy has touched in his life um, and his transformation into becoming Saul, it's taken him relatively almost four seasons to actually make the transformation. It's mostly him just being a really shitty guy, pulling off these terrible schemes and pranks and becoming just a sleazy guy over the course of two to three seasons. And as we know by now, uh, at the believe it's the end of season three that he loses his brother Chuck and it just sets him into an overdrive um, into you know becoming more of this character um, I might I might be wrong if it's season three or season the end of season three or season it's definitely not the end of season four I think it was two years ago so um, yeah I, I told you that it's, it's a big cinematic universe but overall we are slowly on uh, unveiling who this character is uh, of Jimmy McGill and you know the people that he's around the newest character in the season in season five that has uh, he was in season four but he's really been predominant in season five is Tony Dalton's character is Lalo Salamanca and uh, I am fascinated by this character and the the way that they were able to make a character more uh, prominent or not more prominent but almost as magnetic as Gus Fring's you know Gus Fring being 
basically the 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 biggest kingpin that Walter White had to go up against in uh Breaking Bad. And so um yeah, I it, in in my opinion Gus Fring was like the ultimate character that you would have to, you know, overcome uh with uh wanting to see. You know, I in season 5 it was the first time that I was like, you know what? I kind of want to see more Tony Dalton and a little bit less Gus cuz there's only so much they can do with the character of Gus, knowing, you know, his story, his progression. I would like to see some backstory with Gus. I feel like we're being uh, a little bit, uh, we're shown so much of, you know, the strong scenes that he's in, but we don't ever get to see, like, the unveiling behind him. And maybe that undoes the, the magic trip. Maybe it doesn't. I don't know. But um, in my opinion, I would like to see some more Gus. Uh, maybe through flashbacks. I don't know if, if they would recast him younger or if they would, you know, de-age him or something. I don't know. It's not, it, it'd be expensive, un, un, undoubtedly, but uh, I I would like to see some uh, more Gus. Um, but yes, given that we didn't have as much Gus, I was not complaining having Tony Dalton's Lalo's character. I think he brings this uh, charisma, but scary charisma like he's serving uh you know scares up with a, a smile and uh and i think i've uh, described other characters uh, like that before i can't think of anyone off the top of my head but this is one of the best characters in 2020s television right now um he is absolutely nailing it and the unpredictability about him is what i love about it uh yeah and so at the end of this actual episode we see that you know gus sent guys to go take down lalo's place and um you know given the entire seasons of what happened it, it sounds like what would it sounds like the natural progression of what would happen lalo had the uh uh the restaurant burned down and so uh poyos hermanos or just a poyos hermanos and so um yeah, it was a badass directed scene, excellent cinematography. I want to see a full movie of uh, this Lalo situation with these SWAT guys coming. I mean, he's the way that Better Call Saul's directors and uh, you know just entire team and staff. I know it's not quite Vince. Uh, Vince Gilligan was the main creator of Breaking Bad, and he started a Better Call Saul and handed it off to Peter Gold. Um, and Peter Gold's kind of running the ship over there. But they have an amazing team. They have an amazing squad of uh, uh, you know, people behind the scenes that are really cranking some of their best work out. And they, they seem humble about it. You know, they, they I don't know if they, you know, understand how significant, you know, that this work is in comparison to some of the stuff that's being cranked out there. Because they just feel so confident in the way that they're able to just leave the camera rolling on someone's face as you know they're unfolding uh emotions you know letting the actors act and um yeah it's a phenomenal season um the last i i will say for the past few seasons i want to say that episode nine has been my favorite of every season and then episode 10 has felt like a follow-up that never quite lived up and it always felt like it was trying to connect a lot more to the next season in a way that I was like, oh, it's 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 not quite hitting that, uh, you know, satisfying narrative thrill that episodes um, nine have been hitting every time. Um, I don't know if anyone else feels that way, but it, it feels like episodes 10 have felt much more like a connective piece to the, you know, 
next season and this feels very much in the same realm um i will say the see this season has been an amazing kim wexler season it's been phenomenal with uh regards to uh, the acting, the way that, you know, her character has unfolded from, you know, working with Marisa Verde and uh, the the banking situation of trying to get the real estate stuff worked out. I feel like she told off that old guy like 20 times what it was. Um, and, you know, I, I don't know what the guy was living in the middle of a, a place they needed to do development. I don't you know what do you want. And they're offering money. So, um yeah, I, I guess legally they said they couldn't get him off of there, so that that's where the whole dispute went down. But um, I will say, Jimmy is becoming so much more of a despicable guy each season that it's very hard to believe that Kim would want to be with this guy. Um, we do get some backstory uh, with her and her mother. Her mother apparently was uh, alcoholic and probably was not the best parent. We, we I don't. I think they were talking about having, you know, struggling to eat and being poor when she was talking to one of the elder men at the uh, the real estate property. I, I don't remember his name, damn it. Um, but uh, let me see if I can whip it up. But uh, yeah, I um, I do find it more and more difficult that uh, Kim would want to be with jimmy after everything that's going on I'm, I'm just a kim just seems like she was such a good golden-hearted character and by the end of this season watching how she has to basically take up for jimmy which i was i was thinking the entire like the entire first half of this episode is jimmy is such a despicable character he can't even say thank you for, to to kim for covering his freaking ass like he just sits back like a sack during that whole episode um you know, just freaking out, and he has uh, you know, uh, Tony Dalton's uh, Lalo's character in his living room, and the one person that is running the situation is Kim, and she's you know unguarded. She's closer to Tony, um, like like not only was she protecting Jimmy through almost what felt like a legal manner, it it felt like she was negotiating with uh, uh, Lalo, but. She was also physically between Jimmy and uh, Lalo. Like, if you really cared about Kim, get, you know, get get her behind. You, I feel like Jimmy is a coward. My lord, it is just uh, uh it's bewildering, and it, it seems like he's starting to realize it a little bit in this um episode. But the way that this episode kind of unfolds. Kim's character I'm not sure 100% feels natural she just all of a sudden wants tons of work to do and she wants to kind of take on uh the uh, Sandpiper case that is with uh Patrick Fabian's uh Howard's character and I did love the the the, the prostitute scene with Howard um I, I love every scene having Howard on there. He seems uh, very precise, and he always had to talk like, "Hey, Jimmy, um, um, I'm offering you a job over here at um, um, H and M." So, uh, yeah, I I just love the way he uh, enunciates, and uh, when he's on um, the Better Call Saul podcast, it is uh, it just seems like he just has he just seems like one of the most positive guys you could probably hang out with but in the way that he kind of presents himself in better call Saul, he seems so 
uh, uppity and, you know, persnippity. And that's kind of how they they uh, portray him in, uh, in the eyes of Kim Wexler and Jimmy McGill. And it seems that, you know, Kim wants to get one over on um, Howard. And Jimmy is the one that's more way more reluctant. And it's weird because Jimmy keeps, sorry, Kimmy, Kimmy, Kim keeps saying, um, you know, Jim, Jimmy, uh, Jesus, <laughs> I can see all the names get uh, tangled now. Um, Kim keeps asking Jimmy, you know, um, this isn't going to happen again. You're not going to have to go through that Lalo stuff again. Although you, I do think you should go, you know, with me to help, uh, ruin Howard's reputation so that we can, um, resolve this case and get, I think it's like $2 million or something like that. Uh, so that's, that's troubling and, you know, probably everyone's ears and, uh, eyes when they're watching and listening to Kim say that. I'm not sure if it a hundred percent feels natural in my opinion, especially after what just happened. I, she might be having some sort of, you know, breakdown just as Jimmy seems to definitely be having, um, especially the way they were shooting, you know, the oranges and the way that the writer of uh, episode nine is hilarious on that uh, podcast. I want him to be on all the podcasts. Um, he's he, he was uh, he was he's he's like the guy that sounds like he has a, a one one or two whiskeys in him when he's joining the podcast, but he sounds like a lot of fun. And he wrote episode nine, and he seems very aware of the tropes that happen in TV and film. And so, just as the uh, the oranges were you know being shown. Yeah, that needs to, uh, so the orange is being shown, um, that is immediately registered in, you know, people's eyes and ears. It's like, oh shit, is Kim, is, is Kim going to die? And then obviously we have the whole scene at the end of episode nine. Um, I can't go through every episode and talk about it. Um, obviously I'm, you know, in love with, I, I have multiple scenes that I can just draw from memory that I absolutely love in both Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul, just because they're some of the most cinematic scenes. It's uh, scenes like with Gene, you know, I haven't really talked too much about Gene. Gene is uh, Saul when he's in the future. Um, this is after the Breaking Bad timeline, and we're getting Gene scenes at the beginning of each season. And so um, all of the Gene scenes, the black and white, is just uh, gold, phenomenal. I love the way they're showing him making Cinnabons, working at the Cinnabon place and being paranoid. Um, I just have like visuals of the Cinnabons in black and white, and it makes me want to try to shoot a little bit more in that style, um, probably different little aspect ratio and stuff like that. Um, other things, uh, you know, scenes I was thinking about um, during this, uh, this season were... Uh, I think they were talking about an extreme shot, an extreme wide shot that they were trying to get with Jimmy and the cell phone in the middle of the desert. Um, just extremely memorable scenes and montages, obviously the montages for days. There's, uh, you know, can't, you know, get enough of the montages, um, you know, obviously to show the time progressing and stuff like that. Um, one of the main, um, most recent shots are with Mike Ehrmantraut, which I haven't talked too much about. We've seen him kind of, uh, kind of go into a uh, kind of a, 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 in a, a state that is just like he knows what his job is and he knows what he has to do to secure his future. And so the the, you know, the most logical thing is 
you know, keep your head low and uh, keep Jimmy off your porch, obviously, because that, that scene was cracking me up, honestly. Uh, he just slapped him in there once he got there. He's like, get your ass in there. But uh, I love Mike Ehrmantraut. You know, I, I can't even get my voice even a third as low as how he, he talks. He, he sounds like he is below, below when he is, he's talking. But um, uh, some of the mo more memorable scenes, I was thinking about it. You know, he's going home. I think he gets beat by some old guys and... Um, taken to Mexico, and that's where he's, um, you know, told by Gus, you know, this is how it's going to be, and this, uh, and and Mike wants to get out of the game. He's he's kind of done with it, but I feel like he's kind of easily, uh, I don't know, shown, you know, shown the way. He's like, you know, we can give you, you know, money, protection, that type of thing, and I'm I'm not exactly sure if I was a hundred percent, if I a hundred percent bought his turn and going back to, uh, you know, Gus during this. So, uh, it, it's the thing is we know that it's going to happen eventually. And we know that Gus is going to, sorry, Gus is going to trust Mike as his, basically his right hand man. And so, yeah, yeah, that's, uh, just about it. Some of the more memorable scenes I was thinking of from other seasons were, uh, the montages with, uh, uh, Jimmy and his buddy in the first season when they're doing schemes. I don't remember. They were, they were listening to Cat Scratch Fever and all of that. Um, but uh, it was a lot lot more of a comedy earlier in the seasons. It's definitely turned a lot more darker as it's gone along and a lot more, uh, you know, closer to death as, you know, the, the show has walked. But uh, a couple, you know, speaking of closer to death, you know, when they're creating the the meth lab in season four when the Gus and Mike storyline and they shoot uh, the, the German guy out in the middle of the field. Uh, first of all, it's one of the most beautiful shots with the stars above, um, but it is, uh, you know, beautifully terrifying, if, if I can say something I've said before. But, um, yeah, there are some beautiful night shots out there with, uh, you know the bokeh and the lights and the cinematography it's just a it's just a beautiful show it looks good sounds good acted good it's nothing y'all don't already know um but basically i think my seasons seasons my prediction for next season are um i don't i think if this show was made in any other time than 2020 i think if it was made 10 even maybe even five years ago i think that kimmy kimmy that kim would have been shot on episode nine and she would be dead. And it would be a trigger for, for Jimmy to go to the next season. But given this is made and being written in 2020 and probably a little bit of 2019 as well, maybe a little earlier. Maybe they already wrote her what they were going to do with her. Um, but from what I hear, Vince Gillen and Peter Gould kind of like to write as they go. They don't like to have the, like a big storyboard out. They might already have you know the, uh, the ending and the beginning, but they're still writing the middle in a way. So... I don't think there's enough evidence to say that we know that she's alive in the Gene timeline, but I think we know that Gene is near her hometown in proximity, and uh, he has said that he's had multiple wives before. I don't think that Better Call Saul, the character in Breaking Bad, acts or appears that his wife was killed or murdered, uh, which is good. I don't want that character... Yeah, I don't want the... I don't want that character to be used as like a trigger, as like a um, uh, something to set Saul off or something like that. I think that she's become or she's always been a stronger character than you know, you know, doing that to her, fridging her or something like that. 
but um, I'm not exactly sure what they're going to do with her with the exception of maybe saying she wants to have a complete life switch and get rid of Jimmy or get rid of, um, you know, get rid of uh, her law license or just completely do it like or she's going to lose it by doing this scam or something like that or a lot of people were predicting she was going to die i don't think she's going to she does have this you know crazy car wreck and the way it's edited my god it's beautiful um and you know horrific at the same time um but i think the car wreck was in like season three ish maybe two or three ish i don't remember but um it it was phenomenal and there's just they're they're teasing death around kim wexler and i really don't think that this is going to be the show to to do that now does that mean that gene gets to run off into the blue you know the blue yonder sunset with her i don't think so i think that gene has sorry i think that jimmy has become more of a despicable man as we know him in better call saul than we even could have imagined he became even more of a shithead um in a very similar way that Walter White did. But I, like, viscerally dislike the character of Saul. I, there used to be times, I think it was in episodes, sorry, season, like, four, that I actually was tolerable of the character. But he's become, like, a very despicable, hateful human being in a way that's kind of hard to start to continue to enjoy his shenanigans. Like, throwing bowling balls over, you know, the... The house he just seems petty in a way that i don't know that i totally agree with and um you know he's he's kind of slimy and i that's what makes it a little bit more difficult to believe that kim would want to you know stay with him i'm i'm starting to lose my my understanding for why she wants to be around him like does she not she seems like a you know a well-leveled person even still with this craziness coming out of her mouth, that she could still be a good person. But I don't really, you know, I don't really get her. I don't really understand uh, her motivation for staying with Jimmy at this point. But, uh, yeah, I think at this point she's going to have to have a career change or a law license change. Because otherwise, and she's probably alive because otherwise, why is Jimmy in the state? That That's, that's my question. Um, and probably for the style of season six i think it would make a lot more sense if um oh first of all i gotta say something about his hair his hair has changed all the way in the front he's better call saw got bangs now straight bangs on the front so he, i think that means he's he's almost full saw or he's very close to being full saw uh, it every season it feels like oh shit he's about full saw and, you know, he's obtained the ring. He's become, you know, he's buried his friend. His brother has died. He's quit his job. And now he's got the name legally better call, uh, uh, you know, better call Saul and all that. Um, and so, and now he's got like his Lady Macbeth to his uh, uh, Macbeth, I think. If I said that right, I don't know if I said that right, <laughs> but, uh, you know, his Bonnie and to his Clyde, um, yeah, it's, uh, I, you know, I, I'm worried about Kim obviously. So, um, but yeah, I definitely do think she's alive. I don't know how they run off into the sunset. My thing is, 
my thing is I don't I really don't have a prediction for how they're going to end it it seems that they've predicting that or there's been a lot of prediction that he Jimmy's going to end up in jail and I you know I can't really dispute that he kind of deserves to go there um maybe for not a long time maybe if Jimmy goes to jail for a while there's a time jump you know and he gets out and he gets to go be with Kim that would pro- you know I think that might suffice in a way I wouldn't be angry with that, but I'm not sure if like either one of them deserve death. You know that that doesn't sound like a the ending to a Better Call Saul as it is uh, in a satisfying way. And the way that El Camino kind of wrapped up Aaron Paul's uh, character, um, and yeah, I'm I'll just give spoilers for that. There's gonna be spoilers for El Camino right now um, with the Aaron Paul character because I mean you've everybody's watched that re- relatively, and if you haven't. Um, you're about to be spoiled. Um, but at the end of El Camino, the uh, uh, the character Aaron Paul has, you know, a Wild West shootout in a, uh, in a, what is it, like a, I don't know, like some sort of uh, manufacturing place or something like that. I can't remember exactly where he's he has his Wild West shootout, but eventually he uh, gets the car and uh, drives away. And go, you know, moves to Alaska, and so it was everything that was foretold and uh, Breaking Bad, I believe. And so, if there was anything that we missed in Breaking Bad that had to do with clues that where Saul might end up going, I know that we had uh, the cameo from Robert Forster in both El Camino and Breaking Bad. Apparently, they were shot in a very similar time, if not on the same days. Um, you know, R.I.P. Robert Forrester, but um, amazing actor. Loved him in Jackie Brown and among many other things. Um, but yeah, uh, having him at the beginning as a vacuum cleaner guy, you know, the guy that could get you out, take you wherever you needed to go, but you could not come back. Very hard stipulations, um, you know, no refunds kind of thing. Um, we saw that all go down in El Camino, but, uh, that's not going to be an option given we, what we know about, you know, the vacuum cleaner salesman at this point, Robert Forrester probably will not be making, a uh, a return in season six, unless it's some sort of flashback or repeated scene or something cut that was deleted. Um, but yeah, so, uh, my, my guess is my i think my ultimate guess is for the end of season 6 is jimmy is going to have to come to you know realize all the shit that he's done all the people he's hurt and i think the only way that's going to happen is through jail and you know we did have hank schrader and everything in this season but i don't think that they're going to make a I'd be surprised if they came back in next season. I think it was just kind of a one and done situation. It was good to see him, good to have him. Um, you know, they they didn't have terribly that much important things to say, but I do think that uh, I, I'm trying to think if there's anyone in the law law enforcement that would make sense to take to take Jimmy down. I wonder if it would make sense to bring Junior back or something. What if, you know, Walt's son was the one that took Jimmy down or something? I, I don't know if it w- any of that would make sense. I think that might just be, you know, fan fiction or something. Some craziness, you know, Walt Jr. going private eye. But uh, 
I don't, I, I don't, I don't really know. I, I don't think, you know, I think Jim, what does Jimmy have diamonds and uh, a bandaid box or something like that? It's some homage to an old movie, just like everything else is. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, so we got uh, diamonds and a bandaid box. So he's got, you know, it seems that he has the money still. So it, I still feel like if Gene is still sitting on large amounts of cash. He still has a big, you know, dip in the roller coaster to come before he, you know, gets his, uh, you know, complete, you know, he, he needs to get his comeuppance before the end of season six, in my opinion. If this guy gets to scathe off, you know, scot-free, obviously just being miserable, you know, is not great. But I think that he needs to, you know, pay a price. He might, so um, I think it might be a few years in jail among some things. I think Kim might end up getting out of law and uh you know being you know something else i'm not I'm not exactly sure at this point she seems overly qualified for everything else um but yeah uh it's it's gonna be a doozy and for you know what we we know about gus we know what's gonna happen to mike i guess there's some time in the end of uh season six they're gonna just have like their final scenes that are gonna be their semi-season finale scenes for uh or there'll be the there's there'll be their series finale scenes for both Better Call Saul, um, before they go into the Breaking Bad timeline. That's going to be an interesting, uh, you know, goodbye. And then we got Nacho. I haven't really talked too much about Nacho and his pops. Nacho and his pops. Uh, one thing I love Nacho's freaking house. That uh that painting. Holy sack. I, you know, I, I didn't think I was going to talk about that, but uh, the set design. Uh, Throughout the whole season, it's beautiful, but um, especially at some of these exquisite houses. Um, just even at this last ranch style that Lalo's place is really beautiful as well. Um, but, uh, and we got the uh, Scarface guy. What is his name? Eduardo or something like that? I kind of forgot what the, uh, the Tony Montana guy. It's it's his side guy. Um, his Batman to his Robin. I forgot his fucking name. La, uh, he's not a sound. I, I don't think he's a... Is his name Eduardo? I I don't know. I, I it, it we're getting too late in the podcast for me to get too all into the uh, the cocktail and everything like that. So, um, yeah, it was uh, another great episode. Love the little shootout. Love the love the style. Love the set design. Love that 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 painting and uh, Nacho's house. Um, I do think that Nacho is probably going to live throughout this. I don't know if his father's going to live. His father is way too stubborn, and at this point, his father's been. Um, in the crosshairs of Gus, and he's been, you know, in the crosshairs of, uh, you know, the Salamancas. He's just in danger all the time, no matter what's, you know, what he does. And he's stubborn as well. So it's just a recipe for disaster. And I think that Nacho is living with a lot of stress, but I think he might, it might be a sacrifice as well, unfortunately. So um, we got to keep an eye on that. I do think Ignacio ends up living, though, um, at the end of it. So at least that's what Saul thinks by the, uh, sometime in Breaking Bad, so, yeah, and, you know, he finds out that, you know, Lalo, they obviously don't know Lalo's still alive, so, it's gonna be a doozy, that's what I gotta say, um, I said I was going to, uh, give you a recommendation on some, uh, podcast, Post Show Recaps has a great recap show with, uh, Josh Wiggler and Antonio Mazzaro, uh, listen to them weekly if you wanted to, Check out a slightly more in-depth podcast. Um, let me see if there's anyone else that does a daily podcast. 
Um, I think that actually might be it. Uh, there were some other ones I used to, um, I used to listen to weekly. Oh, the Better Call Saul Insider Podcast. That has the entire cast and crew, um, you know, circulate in and out of the chairs. And Peter Gould and, um, you know, the creators are in there. Vince Gilligan telling, you know, how the episode was crafted. So, um, I love when they have the actual actors in there. Sometimes they have, uh, um, you know, sometimes they have, uh, what's his face, uh, they always have Peter Gold and they have uh, Chris McCaleb running the show. Um, but a lot of times they'll have like Jonathan Banks or Bob Odenkirk or uh, Ray Seahorn or Patrick Fabian, you know, uh, who's Howard. Um, love having all these characters uh, stop in. I think that at one point they had Giancarlo Esposito. It, and he sounds completely different from Gus. It's amazing what they, they uh, what he does to his voice when he's talking. So. Um, but you know, someone who doesn't change is, uh, uh, Mike Ermintrout. He's always sounds like this. <laughs> so until next time you can, I, I can't, I can't even keep my voice like that for it. It kind of hurts. It's like straining. So, uh, yeah. Thank you all for listening, watching look it up podcast, whatever you're doing to support the looked up podcast, five stars, on iTunes, it helps us keep us, uh, you know, high in the iTunes ratings and keeps us uh, um, up in the books. Um, comments, questions, concerns, email luckydogpodcast at gmail.com. Twitter, luckydogpodcast. Facebook, Twitch, Instagram, YouTube, Discord. Links are in the description. And uh, if you want to support, if you have a dollar, two dollar, maybe even three dollars, you know, if you want to get crazy, paypal.me slash the Luggedal podcast link is in the description thank you for listening to the better call saul review let me know what you thought about it let me know how i can improve thumbs up subscribe if you want the podcast early subscribe on youtube new podcasts are every week on tuesdays through soundcloud and on your favorite podcast provider thank you we couldn't do this without you. And take it easy. Before everyone scolds me, I know his name is Damn Don Eladio. <laughs> Completely based out when that came to mind. But uh, excellent, excellent season. Uh, minus some small things. I completely forgot that I had a conversation about season four of Better Call Saul with my buddy Mark. This has to be a year ago. So if you're still interested in a little bit of after talk, after speech, whatever, after cast of uh, Better Call Saul, uh, continue listening and this will be an older conversation last year. Maybe you'll have some predictions about uh, season five, but it'll be fun just to go back and listen. I just wanted to add this little hidden gem um, thank you all for listening to the Lucky Dog Podcast. I apologize about some of the audio. This is obviously recorded about a year and a half ago, so it's been a while since I've been able to uh, master anything. But uh, I tried to make it as uh, as clean and fresh as possible. Thank you all for listening to the Lucky Dog Podcast. Shit. Dude, Better Call Saul is pretty, pretty good. I got the new season. I think that... It was, like, it was on like half off on Xbox one day. Yeah. So I just bought that shit, and I probably watched the whole thing in like a day and a half. Fourth season? 
Yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah, it's a good one. I I haven't covered it on the podcast, but uh, it's like really solid. Oh yeah. Um, visually, it's the same director as Breaking Bad, isn't it? Um, Vince Gilligan was the creator, but he's kind of traded it off to uh Peter Golding, I think is his name. Okay. They they're they're both co-creators or something like that, and I know Vince Gilligan was like Better Call Saul, uh, not Better Call Breaking Bad Saul mostly, and then he started Better Call Saul, but he kind of handed off Better Call around second to third season to Peter Gold, and that's where I think you can kind of feel like there's a there's a tonal difference in my opinion, just a slight yeah. bit, but I still like it. Yeah. It's- I, it, you can tell it's like a touch different. Well, it, like the guy moving the the guy moving the puppet strings is a little bit different, but yeah, I, it's it's pretty damn close I'd, for the most part. I'd say like Breaking Bad is so much more narratively based. Like you know, like uh, it's much more like Walt has to go do this, that, and the other. This is like how does Jimmy feel? How does he? What is he doing now? You know, it's much more emotion based. I'd say. Yeah, I can see that. Um, and you're it's sorry, not emotion based, but you're you're character based. It's more of a character study um, than the first one. The first one is much more story based. Oh, was it? Well, I would. I yeah, would, I, yeah. I, I, I can see that. You're, I I don't think you really realize how story based it is until the end. That. Yeah, and I honestly we know that because how Breaking Bad ends and whatnot. Spoil don't do spoilers for anyone. I don't I don't want to I don't want to spoil that, but uh um Yeah, I, I think uh, the second one could shape up to be like that though. I it's still pretty early on. How long do you think How many seasons was the first one? Uh Breaking Bad? Yeah. Breaking Bad was six seasons and season six was two parts. And the reason they do two parts in a season is so they don't have to uh, charge or they don't have to bill the actor for two separate seasons. It's just counted as a two se- It's one season. It's kind of okay. it's kind of a cheap thing to do. So it's it's technically seven. It's it would be seven seasons, but they're only paid for six. Does that make sense? Yeah. Was it the same number of episodes in each season, or was it like a? I think they broke up how many episodes there were in the last season. I can't remember exactly. They're kind of doing like a Game of Thrones, you know, how they are reducing each episode count by like two or three each time. Yeah, okay. Two or four, I don't know. But um, how I, I don't think Breaking... Uh, I don't think Better Call Saul should go... I don't think it should go longer than three seasons. Longer. You don't think it should go another three? Three sounds really long to me. I mean, that's thirty hours of Better Call Saul. Yeah, close to it. But um, see, there is one one thing I picked up on a Better Call Saul that I can't say without really ruining anything. But I think I don't know if you picked it up or not, but I think you would really appreciate it. Um, Better Call Saul. The, the, the I think the cinematography and everything about technically is better. Yeah, something, something very specific in the storyline. Oh, within the storyline. If you say it, I, can, I I'll cut it out of the final. I'm not even 100. percent I'm gonna leave this in the cast right now. Okay. So, um, Hector, the guy that gets paralyzed. Right. Gus 
if you pay attention, brings him back because he's paying for all this crazy expensive physical therapy and medical treatment, brings him back just enough so that he can know what's going on. Dude, this... He has the capability to bring him back fully if you pay attention. Like the treatment's going well, and he's gaining muscle movement and all that. But as soon as Gus knows that Hector knows who he is and is basically in his right mind, he leaves him paralyzed like that so he can torture him. Dude, it's fucked. Yeah. I uh, I kind of forgot about that, but if we know that about Gus, it's like, damn. It's, it, it makes what happens, happens to Gus a little bit more justified. Yeah, I mean, Hector was a pretty fucked up dude, though, so it's almost reciprocal. Yeah, I mean... But, but, it, but whenever the nurse, like, the nurse is, like, talking about how how much progress, like, she's made with Hector and all that, and, like, she basically says, like, don't get your hopes too far up, but, like, on the distant horizon, like, he can probably walk and, like, speak and all that again. Oh, yeah. And Gus is like, nah, he's good. <laughs> yeah, I, uh... Like, we're gonna turn him over to general care now. It was fucked up. It was, uh... <laughs> it's great they bucked up. We, we could Which go into... Which is crazy a, to think about. We could go into a full segment on, uh... uh like, I feel like that's off. a pretty well-thought-out plot twist. Or Easter egg, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I, I kind of remember one of the podcasts I was listening to kind of pointing this out, and they were comparing, uh this to how Gus treated the rabbit or something like that? Wasn't he treating... He was abusing animals or something, right? Was he? I think he was trapping animals or something. And when he was trapping these animals, he was letting them recover or something like that. And he was... It was kind of a comparison to... Um, when the fuck was he trapping animals? I, no, he was really young. This was when he was young. Um... But uh, oh, 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 oh. I feel like it was some sort You're of right. story that he told, but um, there was a story, yeah, about it was like eating this plant or something, right? Right, um, yeah, no, he waited, he waited outside for it to come back out from under the house or something, then he caught it and like tortured it, yeah, it was kind of fucked up, yeah, it was fucked up, and then we. I, I remember seeing uh, one of the final shots that have just continuously stayed with me is that uh, shot that uh, Jonathan Banks, um, Troutman, has to uh, shoot the German guy, the German scientist guy. Oh, yeah, dude, that was, well, was, was kind of fucked up. It was hard to watch for one thing, but that guy was fucking asking for it. That guy pissed me off so bad. Um yeah, dude, he was acting like a dumbass. <laughs> he was acting freaking ridiculous. And, uh... It's, he's like one of those really intelligent people who doesn't have basic logic. Any social awareness. Like, they're fucking blindfolding us and putting us on a bus and making us live in this warehouse for eight months. So we don't know where we are, but I'll, I'll just sneak out. <laughs> yeah, he knows there's cameras. It's like, damn it. So, uh... There, yeah, that one scene when he gets shot in the back of the head when they're under the stars and whatnot. First of all, that's a beautiful shot. Um, yeah. I'm glad we're getting to talk about it right now because I haven't talked about it on anything. But I thought that was one of the best shots of the season, if not the, the entire show. Um, I can't think of too many um, shots that are just lingering in my mind just like, like that shot is still. Um, 
Let me think. The uh, no, that was that was definitely like the the high point. Yeah, of probably that season, or yeah. I guess not really the high point because it was a negative, but I mean it was the biggest. The epitome. Yeah, I would say the climax. Yeah. The uh, let me see anything else. Um, oh yeah, doesn't he say "Better Call Saul" at the very end? Yeah, at the very end, uh, it kind of shows you how fucked up of a person Jimmy is, too. Right. I. Uh, it's like he was planning the whole thing. He goes in there and like sells emotion. Yeah. Oh, I remember this now. Okay, so and it quick. seems like it's like it actually has you as the audience convinced that he's serious because he ditches his initial emotion sob story for a real one. Right. But then after he gets his law license back, he's like, "Yeah, fuck my brother and all that." Yeah, I uh, I completely remember that, uh, and I, I'm I'm glad you just regurgitated it in such a, a smooth fashion. Like I remember all this, and I remember Kim is acting surprised at the very end. I was like, Kim, why are you surprised? You saw him fucking. F- you were feeding him food at his brother's grave while he's fake crying. Why are you surprised that he's, you know, acting like a scumbag? That's true. I guess he sells it. He, I think he sells his, uh, his lie a little better in that scene than he does when he's in, like, the, the hearing. Well, yeah, I totally... Like, you can tell, like, one of the, the board members uses the word insincere, and that's what I kind of felt like it was watching it. I felt like your average person might believe it, but if anybody's really paying close attention... Yeah, it kind of came off as insincere, but that, in that one scene, it seemed very sincere. I I, uh, I I thought he was super sincere, but I don't think you can get mad at your boyfriend or significant girlfriend or significant other for, uh, after you were just feeding them after they were crying at their, fake crying at their family's grave. You know, that just sounds terrible. Yeah. No, I don't think it, uh... I don't think she was even mad at him. I think she was just kind of caught off guard. It's like, you know he's... It's like, how can... It's like, if I can't... I think she was thinking, like, if I can't believe his true emotion in that scenario, or that he just showed in that room, how can I know if he even really loves me type thing? Right, right. I... I understand, and I just... (laughs) I was just like, fuck. I, I don't understand why... You think he's going to be a good guy after all the terrible shit you've helped him go through. And and isn't Kim going through a bad road, too? Going down the uh, the uh, kind of nihilistic path of uh, what Jimmy's kind of going through? Like she's she pulled, like, Yeah, she pulled one or two scams on him. She wanted to get her hands dirty. Yeah, she enjoyed it. Um, <laughs> Mark's like, yeah, she liked it. <laughs> she what? I said you were like, yep, she liked it. <laughs> she enjoyed it. <laughs> no, but that was an elaborate uh scheme they had going on. I think it was with the bank or something like that. Um with yeah. her acting like he was the the crazy brother that couldn't do anything right and spilling And then they wrote like a hundred letters and pretended to be like a church. Dude, that was <laughs> I hated that storyline. I thought that was so dumb. I felt like that would have if I was like the the prosecutor, 
I felt like you could have pretty easily poked a hole in that story. That's exactly what I, I was like saying. Visiting that area, but I guess it was so far away. I don't know. I don't. What did they were trying to get like Huel like free or something like that? So they got yeah. Like, letters. They wrote like a ton of letters and like posted. It was pretty funny. Posted a bunch of pictures of like Lake <laughs> <Ray Kier> Garden. <laughs> I remember that shit. <laughs> They have like <laughs> it was like a fake photos. Like, was he actually doing that? I don't remember if he was actually doing them, but I yeah, no, I'm pretty sure they just like they had him posing a couple pictures of him, <laughs> and then he made like a fake website. They were like donating money on there. That shit was hilarious. I do remember that shit. His accents were hilarious, talking like the people from Louisiana or whatever. <laughs> like the deep south dude that that was that was so funny um yeah i i who slapped who with a sandwich i can't remember what the fuck happened did who will slap that cop with a sandwich oh he hit him on top of the head with a bag of groceries <laughs> i thought it was a sandwich but uh, <laughs> there might have been a sandwich in there i don't know <laughs> That shit was hilarious. I don't know. It was a. You had his AirPods in. He was like, no. <laughs> he was walking smack him upside the head. <laughs> right upside the head. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. That boy RD or some shit that grocery bag. <laughs> Knocked him into next week, I swear. It was hilarious. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. But uh yeah, that was a that was a great great season. I'm trying to think of anything else that happened. I'm uh Troutman. I guess we everyone's kind of into the next phase, you know. I I always say up oh, here's Jimmy, up oh, here's Troutman, up oh, here's, you know, here's the Gabe. Uh, Gabe, yeah, I was going to say and the uh what is the place that the the lab in the lab. But Honestly, we could be in just as far as they were at the the end of season four, you know. Uh, yeah. I I don't think that necessarily. There's no room for a time jump, is what I'm saying. Um, as soon as we do a chi- time jump, we're gonna lose Jimmy. We're gonna lose Kim. I think this next season we gotta lose Kim. Yeah, I would see. I could see it. Um, it's gonna be dark. They, they didn't leave off well, but uh. Yeah, gonna... I mean, I remember you said it's like once once Walt's in the picture, the series is basically over. But there's a you don't know how long Gabe was running that lab. Um, Gus and uh, Ermin Trout before <clears throat> they brought Walt in. I think... they could have been doing that for years, and Jimmy could have been Gus's lawyer for years. I think we're within a five year time zone right now. I'm pretty sure we're pretty, yeah. yeah, I'm pretty sure we're pretty There's plenty close. of time to make more seasons is what I'm getting at. Yeah, but what's inter- you know, what what is honestly going to be interesting, you know, cuz we know uh, how many seasons can we make with individuals that we know are going to end up in a certain situation, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, well, I mean, they've made 3 and it's already been pretty interesting. I I I I I I agree. I I concur with that. Um I wish they would kind of dive into Gus's uh backstory a little bit like there's been so much Gus but not much backstory yeah that and just kind of like the depth of the organization because it's some like German company 
Yeah, they're uh, I, doing all this. And Lydia, Lydia's in the picture too. You know. Yeah, they've kind of given a little bit more insight into her character as well. Yeah, I uh, I agree. Um, but uh, yeah, I I want like a Sicario Day of the Dead one or two episodes, uh, or just Sicario regular movie of uh, Gus Fring, you know, of his younger yeah. days. I want to see what he was doing when he was much younger. I don't know. I, I that would be like interesting. That's something we could do, and they, they could do they could do some things to bring Michael McKean back. I don't know. Um, I I really miss Jimmy's brother because he was such a shit. You said you miss his brother? I, I miss him being an, an antagonist, you know? Because he was always someone we had to worry out for, and he was always a great actor in the uh, in it. Yeah, he was. I, didn't, I mean, I thought his character was annoying, but I guess you're supposed to. So. Yeah. Oh, shit. But, uh, I think we covered it about all, I think we covered it all about all of it. <laughs> yeah, dude. Well, I'm about to I'm about to make some food here. I'm getting kind of hungry. Make it up, whip it up. I'm about to do the same. All right, dude. All right, I'll, let, I'll let you know when the the cast is up and whatnot. All right, dude. Let All me right. know if you're trying to do anything this weekend. Sounds I'm probably going out. Sounds. Uh, I can't go out Friday night, but I can Saturday. Sounds like a plan. We'll we'll get up. <laughs>